G'day everyone and welcome to another Bloody Movie Podcast. I'm Sean Coates. Thank you so much for listening in today. And today we are coming from a hotel room here in the lovely Harbour City. I am here of Sydney, if you don't know <laughs> what that is. Uh, I've stuffed this up already. No, you're doing great. Yeah, extensive <laughs> editing uh, to be done here. But yeah, I'm, I'm here in Sydney for the 65th annual Sydney Film Festival and my first time at the Sydney Film Festival. First time in Sydney in about 13 years as well. And today, a very, very special guest. This is an episode that's been about eight months in the making, roundabouts. So my guest today is a Sydney-based YouTuber, film reviewer, coffee addict, rabbit enthusiast. Have I got everything down there? They're all the main things that anyone <laughs> needs to know about no me. It's Adele Drover, everybody, from the Roll Credits YouTube channel. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. No worries. It's a pleasure to have you on. So Adele, has, uh, so as I said earlier, um, I've been trying to get Adele on this show since about November. We were going to do it over Skype or like possibly in the in January in the new year, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but this worked out even better. This worked out even better. Yeah, you're here in in my my hometown. Yeah, in a tiny hotel room. In a tiny hotel room, it is pouring it's like four down. Four square, not four square meters. This hotel room, it's tiny. Pouring down with rain outside, but um, we are here and we're excited to talk about movies because there is so much going on with the film festival. It's really exciting. Absolutely. So before before we get into the Sydney Film Festival, what we've seen so far, because Adele and I have seen a couple of films together, and when, and we're also going to be seeing a whole heap more. Because I'm Adele lives in Sydney here, and um, I'm only here until Monday. So, uh, but I wanted just to start out by uh, just asking Adele um, just what roll cre- the roll credits YouTube channel is, like how it got started, and just. Yeah, what you do on the, with your YouTube channel. What it is that I do on the YouTubes. <laughs> well, the Roll Credits YouTube channel, it's my place for movie reviews and movie discussions. And I've been doing it for about four years now and just love it. have built quite a nice community of, of people who follow my reviews and engage with movie discussions, which is my favourite thing about movies, is all the chatter that happens after you walk out of the cinema. And did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you like this part? Uh, and all those discussions are my favourite things. And uh, Roll Credits has really been my outlet for movie talk and love it. And you said, how did I get started? That's a... That's a mm. Well, I was uh, well. Just try and go broad strokes here because uh, since um, I've been, pla- as I said, I've been planning to have you on for quite a while now. And in that time, you've been on about two other podcasts and t- a couple of other interviews, and you've actually done a video where you explained how you got started. So just br- very broad strokes. In broad strokes, yeah. Actually, I had such a good time. I recently uploaded a video called "My YouTube Story: How I Got Started" on the channel because. Uh, last month I celebrated the four years anniversary since creating the channel Uh, so that kind of inspired me to create a whole video talking about my story which was really fun but yeah in broad strokes um, I was living in Los Angeles at the time and uh, just didn't know many people and uh, was going to the movies a lot um, and just didn't really have anyone to talk to about all these great movies that I was seeing at the cinema because I, I literally literally lived uh, in an apartment block uh, across the road from the cinema so you could see the cinema from my apartment window so I was there a lot and uh, yeah so that's really how I started I kind of went on YouTube myself and was looking at um, all these really interesting reviewers talking about movies and really getting involved uh, online uh, 
as a subscriber myself, you know, to all these other great movie reviewers. And then um, a particular movie came along. Uh, it was called Under the Skin uh, by Jonathan Glazer and it had Scarlett Johansson and it was like really female centric um, and a lot of like sexual undertones about male and female, all this kind of stuff. And I was specifically interested to see um, kind of what females were thinking of this interpretation uh, and Scarlett Johansson's character and uh, didn't really see that many ladies online chatting about it. So that's when I kind of thought maybe I could throw my hat in the ring um, and add my point of view. Awesome. I actually haven't seen Under the Skin. Like I... When did it come out? Like twenty four. Like you said, it was four years since you started, so it would have been twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. So yes. I think I I I did want to see it, and I still want to see it. But I think the trailer just kind of creeped me out. Like, is it that kind of movie? <laughs> it's pretty creepy. It's a slow burn, but not violent at all. It's more suggestive. It's good though. It's really good. I really, right. I really got a lot out of it. I think. Right. Yeah. So you said you were living in Los Angeles at the time. Uh, do you mind explaining what you were doing over there and what you were? Yeah, yeah. I was um, over there. So I work in film production. That's my background. And I was over there um, on a sponsored visa for two years uh, working for a producer in a, in a production house, um, working as his executive assistant, um, which basically meant uh, walking his dog and picking up his laundry. But <laughs> yep. it was actually... You got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. Absolutely. And it also meant that kind of got exposed to all the goings on uh, of what goes on in a Hollywood production house, which was really interesting because actually in that kind of lower entry level role, really you see everything. So it was actually kind of cool. I got to sit in on all these really great meetings and um, meet quite a few A-listers as they came through and uh, that was pretty cool. When you were in uh, LA, it was like kind of a great place to kind of start your um, your YouTube journey as it were, because um, I guess the, like the film reviewing and especially like the YouTube community in LA, like that was, really starting to get going and I guess some um, people that really helped you out there, there's a few like kind of now big YouTubers that helped you out along that way. Yeah definitely in fact the first person that really um, helped me out was a uh, Californian local um, he has the YouTube channel called The Real Rejects and they do trailer reactions and uh, not long into starting my channel uh, he reached out saw what I was doing and invited me on the show and we did some trailer reactions together and that was so much fun and kind of got exposed to his audience as well so I kind of picked up um, some more followers and really started getting traction I think within the movie reviewing community so people started sort of seeing my face around the place um, which was really awesome. Nice and then uh, not long was it not long after that uh, another very very big YouTuber um, unexpectedly in a way. Unexpectedly yes I was surprised uh, one morning I woke up and my phone had just I still to this day I've never seen anything like it it had blown up with messages and comments and I've never seen anything like it. I even had missed calls and uh, Chris Stuckman, who is a really big, one of the biggest um, mm. movie reviewers on YouTube, he mm. had done a video called Stuckman Suggests and had shouted out some sort of, I suppose, up and coming uh, film reviewers for his audience to go check out. And I was one of three that he had mentioned. So um, that really was huge, that really, uh, made it clear in my mind, kind of gave me 
just that clarity that like okay you know this is this is going really well and what i'm doing is people are actually interested in what i'm saying so i'm gonna keep on blabbing <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. keep on talking <laughs> so how far in like how far how long had you been doing have, how long had roll credits been going for at that point uh not that long at all actually it, it I was extremely lucky to kind of get this um, notice, uh, like I said, quite quite early on. And I think a lot of that really did come down to the fact that there weren't, like there were females, female movie reviewers in the YouTube space, but I wouldn't say there were that many. So it was uh, a lot easier to kind of stand out as, a, as something, a point of difference. And so it was really only um, about four or five months uh, from memory into the starting the channel that it, it got picked up by Chris Duckman. So oh, that's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not, not to like the degree that you had, but I had um, a pretty popular a podcaster, Steel Saunders on my show uh, about, about uh, around about five months after I started as well. Um, you can go listen to that episode if you uh, like our listeners, but I recommend you probably wouldn't because it's, um, I, it was, a, I don't think I was ready for it yet. <laughs> that's kind of good though. You get somebody who's, uh, who's a, a lot more established and then they see what you're doing and they believe that you have potential and that's kind of all it takes. You might not be ready. Like I don't think after Chris Stuckman shouted me out and I um, jumped by 3,000 people overnight going from, you know, not that many. Suddenly I had these 3,000 followers watching me and the pressure that I felt for my next review that I was planning on posting was enormous because I wasn't kind of expecting anything I was going along you know at my own pace and then when he shouted me out and directed all these new eyeballs to my channel and then they're all subscribed and excited to see what I'm going to do next and I kind of have this one shot to win them over and make sure that they stick around and uh, that was a lot of pressure yeah a lot of pressure <laughs> and I didn't think I was ready for it but it's amazing you know if you have like I said someone more established kind of believe in your potential and and you kind of just rise to that challenge and from there awesome so just after the four-year anniversary of roll credits you've hit twelve thousand subs now roundabouts that's right that's right and you're trying to branch out into other kind of things like you're now doing interviews you're now doing more kind of blog entries on your website and that's doing right actually uh yes this four-year anniversary has kind of made me uh rethink um what i want to do for the next four years on roll credits i think because up until this point it's uh, been my outlet and my passion, but it's it's very much a hobby. You know, I do have a, a nine to five day job as well. Uh, but thinking forward what to do for the next few years. So I've redone my website and li like you said, um, want to branch more into doing interviews um, and just keep the wings spreading, I suppose. Just keep moving, moving forwards, outwards, forwards, sideways. Awesome. And um, so you, so after LA, you, um, yeah, you got a job offer here in Sydney. Yes, I did. So yes, as it was all coming to a close um, in LA, I had to uh, make the choice to come back, and I got a job opportunity back here at a network television station at Channel Ten. So I came back here to work there for um, about two years. Yeah. All right. What, what kind of stuff did you do there? Uh, at Channel 10, I was working as a promo producer. And a lot of people don't know what promos 
is and uh, to be fair i i barely knew what promos were when i first started as well but the promos are those little lovely um little lovely i suppose trailers that slot in between the advertisements that say 7 30 next tuesday it's oh, a new episode of ncis are those the things that like come up like the cr- during the credits like the, sh- the screen goes to like like cuts in half and exactly. then you see another one. Oh, really so my job was actually really cool i got to watch the episode one week ahead and cut a little 30 second trailer to um, entice viewers to come back for the next week yeah. uh, and that was a pretty fun job depending what uh, show you were working on sometimes the shows were reality television and um you know you wanted to scratch your eyes out having to try and <laughs> sell it to get people to come back next week it's like will becky find love and it was just ugh. but but sometimes you you know you got a winning show like we had a digital uh network channel or we had a digital channel sorry um that is channel 11 and they do a lot of um animated series so there was a great one when they were doing this huge simpsons marathon so that was really fun for my job i had to watch you know three days worth of simpsons to cut out all my favorite bits and put together a little uh 60 second promo and that was that was pretty much a highlight yeah it would have been anything before uh, anything before season 10 though like simpsons after the year 2000 is kind of garbage oh this is true this is true Anyway, but you, and you also, do, it's not just movies as well. On roll credits, you also do like t- TV series and stuff like that too, won't you? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, TV is just like stepping up a notch, isn't it? TV, some TV shows are like mini movies, Black Mirror, yeah, Game of Thrones. You know, they cost as much to uh, produce some of these uh, episodes. Um, yeah, so definitely open it up mm. to Netflix, um, to just all movie and television content. Speaking of which, isn't like um, isn't isn't it Amazon? They're trying to do. They're going to do a Lord of the Rings thing or something like that. Oh and my gosh, I can't talk about this. You can't. <laughs> I can't talk about it. I just I haven't quite wrapped d- your head around. No, I haven't wrapped my head around it. I don't know where my um loyalty lies on this one yet. I just love the Lord of the Rings so very much and hold those original trilogies so dear to my heart that I just can't bear the thought of them remaking it in any shape mm. or form. But at the same time, I want, I, I guess I support it because I would like to see younger people or new audiences be exposed to yeah. that material. So, oh, I, yeah. like, I just don't know and how I, I honestly don't think that Peter Jackson will make another movie ever again unless he's... I think he's pretty much just waiting for Christopher Tolkien to die so he can make The Silmarillion finally. <laughs> is that right? I yeah. think that's, what yeah. I think that's yeah. what's happening. <laughs> Probably. Um, is he even involved? Look, like I said, I'm... I'm I, I, don't, I don't think so, no. No? Yeah, maybe that's better. Not sure. Really uh, on the fence. I guess it's another kind of a little job that you have as well that you've done quite recently. Uh, you do kind of like red carpet reporting stuff for uh, online magazine Film Inc. Yes, yeah, that's been super fun. So what kind of uh, so y- which um films have you been to the premieres for? And they've all been here in Sydney, either at event that like a lot of the uh, uh, Sydney Film Festival uh, venues as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's been super super fun. I um have joined forces with. Film Inc. magazine, like you said, and uh, some of the premieres that I've got to do um, uh, have included uh, Baby Driver, um, when the guys were out uh, promoting that. And look, th- I only get to do them, it's only every so often that the uh, film will bring out the stars and promote it uh, here in Sydney. But whenever they do, I try and get on the red carpet because um, I think it's so much fun. So do you have to be invited to do that or did it just like fi- filming the 
whatever studio comes up and says, hey, we've, we're holding this event, put someone out on there to... Yeah, it's a little bit... Um, so when the movie, when the studio is coming to promote their film um, out here, um, yeah, they kind of go through all the media agencies and the PR uh, team and all of that and um, Film Inc., uh, because they're quite uh, a prominent uh, and long-standing uh, media outlet here in Australia, uh, usually get invited to those sort of bigger, bigger premieres. Uh, and so I decided the only way for me to get myself on the red carpet was to make friends with the guys at Film Inc. <laughs> and uh, try and convince them to send me to some of these events, um, which they did, which I was very, very grateful for. Um, and also extremely nervous for because um, I kind of was they said yes here's your um ticket to get on the red carpet um can't wait to see what you do okay bye it's <laughs> like good okay, luck good luck okay i'm just gonna stand here for three hours in um and wait for tom cruise to come for the mummy premiere um and that was so nerve-wracking that's still probably one of the most nervous um wrecks i've ever been in my life waiting for tom cruise to come and chat to me <laughs> and but i hear he's the nicest guy though so nice who, like, had, who had the bigger heels you or him <laughs> you know what i think it might have look he wasn't <laughs> i i think his reputation preceded him i was expecting someone mega short but he he wasn't so short he was just a just a smidge shorter than i was which <laughs> wasn't wasn't too short <laughs> awesome and uh i guess the hot what would you want to explain like the high probably one of the highlights of your career which happened at the uh at the Baby Driver premiere, so th when um, you got to interview Ansel Elgort, um, oh, would you yes. like to explain this? Oh yes, okay, the Baby I Driver premiere, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I want you to explain it because I think it will be best for All right. you to tell the story. So, so uh, Edgar Wright, uh, the director, and Ansel Elgort, the main star baby of Baby Driver, uh, were out for the premiere. And um, actually, before I tell you the funny story, let me tell you the awkward story. Oh, okay. There's an awkward story that I haven't uh, said to anyone before. So oh, this is another an bloody movie podcast exclusive, everybody. <laughs> so Edgar Wright comes up to me. Um, he's coming down the line of all the journalists. And I was super excited to see him. And I'd studied up. I'd, I'd rewatched the whole Cornetto trilogy and really done my homework uh, more than I had for anyone else I'd interviewed. Um, not only watching all his movies, but I YouTubed heaps of interviews to see what, what questions he gets asked a lot and tried to think of some more unique questions that he might be more interested in. Anyway, done a lot of homework and he's coming down the line and he looks really tired, like oh. really tired. I felt for him. He, he looked really, really tired and I could see him as he was, you know, spending his five minutes with every journalist down the, the red carpet and he's coming closer and closer to me and I'm getting more and more nervous. And uh, he comes up, he, he turns to um, speak to me and I put out my hand to shake his hand and he looked no. at my hand and then looked up at me and kind of did this really awkward little shake of his head. So he wasn't... Oh, he left you hanging? He left me oh, totally no. hanging. So not only was he really tired, but I think he was just not shaking. He was... It wasn't just me. He wasn't shaking anybody's hand. Oh, okay. I think it was it just... Makes you feel a little bit better uh, then, doesn't it? That's what I'm telling myself anyway. <laughs> it was super awkward. Anyway, you wouldn't believe it, but I just... I was unable to recover from it Ooh. because I had worked it up so much in my mind. That was how the interview was going to start. I reached out my hand. He didn't take it. I pulled my hand back. I looked at him. He looked at me. We were both quiet for 
a second and I just I kind of just didn't know where to go from there. Oh no. Oh well, I I think what happened next made up for it. Then though. what happened next? Anyway, he answered my questions very politely, um, short answers because, like I said, I think he just needed to get out of there. But short answers, but he was very polite, and it was lovely to meet him. But then um, Ansel Elgott came up the carpet, and he was high on life. He was so like having a good time, loving the attention. Just you could tell. You can tell when they love love the attention. And uh, he uh, came uh, over my way. And I had uh, read in a previous interview with him that he has a background as a DJ or he DJs on the side. Really? Yes, he does. And he also, you know, likes to sing. So uh, throughout, the <laughs> throughout the interview, uh, towards the end of the interview, when I was uh, speaking with him, I sort of asked him, oh gosh, I can't even remember what I asked him, something about singing or, or the music because, you know, the, the Baby Driver is such a soundtrack-driven um, movie and I asked him about the music um, and he started singing because <laughs> he just, like I said, he loved the attention and um, I was all for it. He started singing Easy Like a Sunday Morning directly to oh. me and he looked into my eyes. And your heart melted. And my heart, I couldn't help it. <laughs> I, I thought I was uh, immune to his charms. But uh, when a star is looking you in the eyes and singing Easy Like a Sunday Morning, I, um, I swooned a little. Mm. Um, what I might do, uh, not to embarrass Adele, but I might um, share that video on the uh, on the Another Bloody Movie podcast Facebook page if uh, anyone's interested in uh, watching Adele swoon <laughs> to uh, when Ansel Elgort serenading her on the red carpet of Baby Driver. How many times have you watched it back? <laughs> oh, only every night. <laughs> Uh, just uh, before we get on to, just because I want to keep talking about this, um, you, like, I guess where your love of movies started, um, it, during high school you worked at um, uh, Aussie Blockbuster, Video Easy. That's I mean, there right. is Blockbusters still, but no, not here anyway, but Blockbuster were in Australia. But you worked at Video Easy, which is where I was, uh, which is where my choice of video rental place was as well. Mm -hmm. So what was that like? Because at, at that point where you probably, and it was probably around the same time, you had Sean, eight-year-old Sean's dream job, working at Video Easy. I was there every chance I could. Oh, really? Did yeah. you have a local Video Easy? Uh, there was actually two in Shepparton. There was one, and I think they only just, like, is the one that you worked at closed down yet? Oh, yeah. You know? How long oh, ago? Yeah. Oh, quite a while ago. Because the they, one... They the turned it into a chemist warehouse, and I was devastated. Oh, no. No. <laughs> so the one in Shepparton, um, there, there was two. There's one like right in the middle of town and there's one right on the like beginning of where town is. The one near the beginning of town uh, shut down in like uh, Easter 2016. And then the other one closed down like around the same time, but just last year. Okay. And the, because the one in, uh, the one in the main uh, drag was um, like huge. Like it was like double stories. And uh, there was, I remember there's a massive statue of the Silver Surfer from one of the Fantastic Four movies that hung from the ceiling. Okay. It was pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Wow. Double, double story video easy. Yeah. I think it was blocked off though. I think that might've been, uh, I think, well, cause I didn't really go into that one. I went to the more, the one that was at the beginning of town was closer, but from what uh, I was told, uh, what was upstairs was, um, a lot of uh, adult films were the ones oh, that were upstairs. I see. So. I see. <laughs> um, yes. They had ball pits, though. That was great. Did your video easy have a ball pit? No. Oh, mine did. That was great. That's, oh my God, I missed out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. That's pretty cool. That's like a McDonald's video easy. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, so I, um, oh gosh, I was so lucky. I think I was just so lucky to have that job. Yeah, that was one of my 
one of my first part-time jobs at uh, while I was at high school was working at the local Video Easy and I just loved it. I loved it so much. I was there all through um, towards the end of high school and my first uh, year into uni and uh, I w- yeah, it was so lucky and it, back in the times when, you know, bosses didn't check what you were doing and I could just take all the movies like there was this policy that you weren't allowed to take the uh, brand new releases because you won't there were only so many copies that would come in of a brand new release and all of those had to go straight onto the shelves for the customers to get I thought like what I remember is like all the new releases there was like an entire wall full of them it was like one movie and you weren't allowed to take just one well that was the policy Uh, that was a policy for staff but what I'm saying is that (laughs) I would ignore that and I would always because my philosophy was that if I had seen it first, then I could tell the customer, I could recommend it to the customer if it was good. And uh, yes, I remember once having to justify that to a manager of mine. And, and I think I won that debate that, uh, that I could. And, and then from then on, I would take all the movies first. Awesome. So you said you, you would recommend films to customers. Was there any that like when you were at the register and then they, they, they want to hire like a really terrible film? And did have you, how close or have you ever come to be like, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Don't bother. You're wasting your time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because um. <laughs> that's what if I had worked at Video E, like sadly I couldn't because they were all starting to close down right when uh, I was getting the job, like old enough to get a part time job. But I, I, that's what I would have done. You know, that's so funny. <laughs> Imagine someone bringing you their five weeklies for nine ninety five, and you, uh, you know you have to open every cover to scan the DVD and check for scratches. Uh, and so you'd open it. I could just imagine it now. I don't think I did this at the time, but uh, you'd look, uh, you'd pull their DVDs out one by one and, and look look them in the eye and be like, "Really, this one? <laughs> <laughs> like, and the, oh, look this one. He dies at the end. Next one. <laughs> oh, good luck with that." Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. <laughs> I <laughs> never want to be that guy. Never, never, never. But uh, I think... An Adam Sandler movie marathon? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> this is me judging you. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I tried really hard not to um, not to impose on the customers too much unless they were asking for my opinions. And in that case, they couldn't shut me up. I loved, loved recommending uh, all my favourite movies to customers and yeah a couple of times um you know when they would come back and tell me that they loved the movie that was just so good although actually i have also experienced recommending a movie to somebody and then coming back the next day and wanting a refund oh really yeah what film based on my recommendation <laughs> and that their their argument was that they wouldn't have hired the movie if i had not have recommended it but they hired it and they did not like it therefore they deserved the refund I so wish I could remember what the what film movie? was. Oh. I can't remember the film now. Look, I cannot. But all I remember is this customer's face looking me in the eye, telling me <laughs> that uh, I had recommended him a piece of crap. Um, but maybe that's why now with my movie reviews, I've got quite a thick skin when people disagree with me because, you know, it's everyone's different. What I love isn't going to work for everyone. And, and that's just fine. I think when you can stare across the counter at somebody and justify that when they're trying to get a refund, I, I think you'll be fine online. <laughs> yeah. Just that, that leads really well onto something that I was eventually going to get to. Um, yeah, because I was originally another bloody movie podcast. It was going to originally be another bloody movie channel. Like I was going to start doing YouTube, but there's a couple of reasons. Uh, one, it takes forever to like edit and like, it's a lot of work to do. Um, two, uh, receding hairline so not gonna do that i'm 20 years old and i've got a receding hairline thanks dad 
And uh, three, um, the YouTube comments section, as um, Obi-Wan Kenobi would call it, is a wretched hive of scum and villainy for the most part. But the thing with your videos is, like, a lot of a lot of the comments on your video, like, they're really nice, a lot of them. A lot of them are really nice. I, I don't know if I have been lucky. I don't know, or if I just have thick skin and it, it doesn't bother me so much, um, but I was... Yeah, look, I've had my fair share of um, haters and I do have, I did have a couple of trolls who I think they've just gotten bored of me not responding. <laughs> so they've kind of trailed off now, but I, I definitely had a, a, I can think of one particular troll who was just really nasty on every single um, video and just in, in a lot of detail. Just so yeah, unnecessary. It's like, why do you have time to... Anyway, and I was deleting their comments for a long time. So they'd post something nasty, I'd delete it. Um, but I never wanted to block them because, you know, they can say what they want to say and it's up to me if I choose to leave it up for other people to read. Um, so I was just deleting the comments and then I think I won them out because they obviously got bored and moved on to the next person. <laughs> yeah, I feel sorry for them though. I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of do. But go annoy someone else. Go and, and I think I'm not going to give you the attention that you I want. I think that's what they've done. Uh, and then I also like to, some of my... Um, <laughs> negative comments I like to feature on my Instagram. Have you seen um, that? I've seen a couple of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, uh, some of them are quite funny. Some of the best ones, like <laughs> I've seen a couple of YouTubers do that and they're just like yeah. um, correct. They just, in their comments, they just um, uh, correct their spelling mistakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are the funniest one. ones. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it can be tough. It can be really tough. And I think uh, it would have hurt me a lot or it did hurt me earlier on when in this uh, YouTube sort of journey. But um, as I've become more confident in what I'm saying, um, it's it's affected me less because I've been able to separate what my opinion is from what their opinion is um, and it doesn't bother me so much. But uh, I think earlier on it's something that everybody has to... <laughs> to face and, and, and overcome if, if, if you're going to put your face online and put yourself out there um, it's you really have to just decide if that's something that you're okay with or not yeah I don't think so like I think it with any negative comment I'd get I'd be like um, Francis McDormand in three billboards just like starting every single one with hey fuckhead just yeah <laughs> yeah oh look yeah. I'm I'm human some days I I'm really itching to respond and, and in exactly yeah. that manner. Well, but, um, I was saying off mic that something I really respect about Adele and that what I've noticed with a lot of uh, female film reviewers is that they have something that male critics don't, which is restraint. And that's something that I really respect about Adele is that even, even when she's talking about a bad movie, like in her so-called rant of the film Mute, which I actually kind of like, you still didn't really... You, you were still fairly nice about it, though. Oh, you were good. I hope, that's, I hope that comes across as me being uh, fair and not comes across as me being afraid to say what I really think because uh, because because I can always appreciate uh, where the filmmakers coming from or where they're trying to get to whether or not they actually hit the mark so I do appreciate how difficult it is to make a film and how many chefs are, are you know how many cooks in the kitchen there are it's not just up to the director it can, there's a business side of things that can all get in the way and and also, like I said, back with the Video Easy customer trying to get their refund, it's like, look, what works for me might not work for you. So that's totally fine too. So I'm glad that it comes across as having some restraint um, and that, that
that makes me happy. No worries. And just quickly before we move on to Sydney Film Festival, you just mute brought up something that I'm just want, so curious about with, 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 with when you watched it. Um, when uh, Pippin came up in uh, Mute dressed as a geisha with robot sex dolls, what was your reaction with to that? Oh, yeah, that was Dominic Monaghan yeah, in that. Movie. That's right. Oh, I think I blocked it out already. <laughs> oh my god, I just I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> I got absolutely nothing. But you liked it, right? Like uh, on a base level, I think there there's a plethora of problems, but I didn't hate it. You didn't hate it. I oh. actually kind of well, I watched it on my phone the first half because I was watching it. I, I saw it like as it came out. Because I was on the train back to Shepparton and I watched the first half on my phone and then got home and then watched it on my dad's TV. And I actually thought the first half was a lot better than the second half because the last 20 minutes don't need to be in the movie and is really gross. Totally Every, agree. Everything everything about Justin Theroux in that movie is really off-putting and just unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, and as a performance, he does a brilliant job because he starts off as one thing and kind of then the tables turn and you realise it's actually been something else uh, under the surface all along, which I think is cool. But, uh, yeah, something about how that – no, just that 20 minutes just felt like a whole different movie. Uh, Duncan Jones, How the Mighty Fall. I still love Source Code, though. I think Source Code is brilliant. But anyway, uh, let's start getting into uh, – We're at how, what are we at? We're at 33 and a half at the moment for minutes. Uh, let's start talking about some, some of the stuff we've seen at Sydney Film Festival. Yes. Yes, Sydney Film Festival, which I'm so excited you're here for. Yeah, so um, how many years have you been doing coming here for? I think, so this must be my fourth fourth year at the festival. Right. Let's see. Yeah, fourth year, yeah, fourth year. Sorry, let's awesome. just do some, some maths on my fingers. Yes, four years. <laughs> it's not that long. But um, before uh, Sydney, I was a myth fan. Um, and been going to the Melbourne International Film Festival for a while, but yep. you are originally from Melbourne, yes. Yes, originally from Melbourne. And so now that you live in Sydney, you're officially a traitor and an enemy of the state. Correct, correct. Uh, yes, all my um, yes, all my Melbourne friends think I am really uncool for trading over to Sydney and all my Sydney friends. And you think you're all better than them too? <laughs> no, <Typical. laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I'm just telling the Sydney cliches <laughs> out. I'm just. Oh, no. Look, I I am so lucky. I get the best of everything because my hometown, like my home is Melbourne. That's where my parents are. I go back every holidays. Um, so I get I get the Melbourne love, but also I'm, I'm based here in Sydney where there's, sorry, there's just like more movie stuff going on here in Sydney. This is the place to be, um, I think, if you're in the, the movie biz. Mm. There's, yeah, not a whole lot of the premieres happen in Melbourne, which is sad because Melbourne's better. And look, you're from Melbourne, you can agree. I'm sorry. Look, I've only been here for three days and haven't been here in a very long time. And I don't have fond memories of the first time I came here. Oh. Uh, stayed at a crappy backpacker hostel. And uh, the only thing I remember from that is uh, watching in the TV room, watching American Idol with a Canadian family. And, um, oh yeah, a 4am false fire alarm where we had to evacuate the building. Oh man. Oh man. Well, I hope you... We'll make sure you have a better time this time around. Oh, absolutely. Because um, we've got some fun movies planned. Yes, we do. We'll get to that towards the end. But so on Thursday night, uh, we saw Upgrade together. Yes. Yes, and it was a very last minute for you. Like I'd planned, as soon as I saw the program come out and it was going to be playing, I immediately booked the ticket because it looked just really cool. Well, 
really, honestly, you encouraged me to go and see Upgrade. Oh, wow. Yes, inadvertently. I don't think you realized. I did not. But you sent me your schedule and I saw that you were seeing Upgrade. And I, you know, Australian film, sci-fi, I, I honestly didn't know that much about it, but it's already had o- had its opening in the States. Yeah, last S- week, yeah. Right, so I started hearing um, a few things, uh, seeing some, some tweets and stuff about how cool it was. And then I happened to be free on Thursday evening and knew you were going to catch it, so I thought I'd come along. And so glad, so, so, so fun, so glad that I did because it was so fun. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, um, and I guess this is probably a star-making uh, role for Tom Hardy's stunt double, Logan Marshall Green. He's, he's not actually a stunt double, but he looks remarkably like Tom Hardy. Now that you've said it, I can't, you can't get it out of unsee you. it. I cannot unsee it now. What have you done? I'm sorry, there are so many, if you just Google Tom Hardy, Logan Marshall Green, the amount of side-by-side images of them, th- oh, there's so really? many. Oh, yep. Okay, so I, I thought you invented that. No, oh, absolutely not. Oh, okay. ever, since Prome- ever since he was in Prometheus, I think people have been pointing that out. Oh, right, right. Okay, I'll, we'll have to bring up a side-by-side, I'll have to have a look. But uh, no, no, I can see it now, I can see it now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, he was great. And uh, yeah, Lee one l uh, very bit of a departure from him, even though there are some uh, li- great little uh, horror aspects in this film and a lot of the uh, things that made him famous. Like especially, there's some really cool um, things that I at one point made Adele scream and laugh. Yes, and, yes. You know. I was in this one particular, the first big sort of home invasion fight scene. So I'm sitting next to Sean uh, in the theatre. And we were like laughing, laughing, laughing because it was just so funny, so well done. And then the next moment I'm bent over, like my face is in my knees because I'm screaming because <laughs> it got so violent <laughs> so quickly. And I think Sean looked over and he's like, are you all right? <laughs> I, was like, I, just, I just didn't know how to feel. I was mm. laughing and disgusted in the same yeah. moment. I will say, uh, I thought the film was a bit kind of clunky and like, you know, just kind of pa- just going along at like very kind of, it wasn't that great to start off with, but as soon as that scene happens, yes, it really picks up and yes. the film is just great from then on. It was off running. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think, oh, look, it it's just that those really great like fight choreography, really interesting camera work. Um, it looks really cool. The, yeah, the story starts off a bit slow, but um, and it is mm. a little bit cheesy, but yeah. in a, in a like, kind of cool way. Uh, like as soon as you see the like his wife come on screen, you might as well put a timer on top of her head yes, until she dies. Yes, you know, you know it's coming, and uh, she in every single scene, which of there's not that many, but she's like over the top laughing like ha 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 yeah. like I'm, I'm, sorry, you're, I'm, the you're cute, just be- I'm the cute wife character and you know you love me so much uh, don't you because I'm gonna die soon <laughs> you better <laughs> <laughs> no really great movie um, I'm so pleased that I got to see it and I think it has got its general release um, for Australia next, next week next, next week. week next Thursday the 14th okay and it's actually I'm considering because the day I, I, I fly back to Melbourne on Tuesday on Tuesday night I think at the Nova there's going to be another advanced screening and Lee Wan L is going to be there too. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah, so I'm considering maybe going to that too. Yeah. Because Lee Wan L, he's crazily um, promoting this film at the moment. I think because he's in, he's in Sydney right now like for the festival. But I think uh, I think Oz Comic Con's in Melbourne this weekend and he's going to that. Cool. So yeah. 
Well, he should promote it heavily because he's on a good thing. So he, yeah, needs to get everyone to see this. And he, yeah. he needs to catch up to his buddy James Wan. I think I think he's hanging hanging stuff <laughs> over him about that. Um, have you seen Have you seen the Insidious movies? I haven't. No. No, I also have not. I'm too scared. Yeah, horror is not really my thing, but which is. Well, I'm seeing a horror, I guess a horror film tonight, which I'll get to later when we talk about what else we've got to see left. But I'm kind of terrified to see that. And speaking of which, um, two times since I've been here, because I've had big, long stretches between my films that I'm seeing, twice I have thought about going to see this and twice I've chickened out and not going to, but I was going to see Hereditary on Thursday and Friday afternoon and said no, twice. But I hear it's so good. I do too. Another reason is that the event cinema is really expensive. <laughs> it is expensive, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I don't have a membership card because there's no events in Victoria. Yeah, it's really expensive. Um, but, oh man, Hereditary, people are just thinking it's awesome mm. and I am really looking forward to seeing that. I'm yeah, scared. I'm, I'm hoping so too, but I'm hoping that it's it might be a bit too overhyped. Like this that's what true. that's that's how I felt with the Quiet Place, even though I saw a Quiet Place before every I, I saw an early screening of the Quiet Place, oh, and really? I yeah, and, but I kind of went into a Quiet Place thinking it was going to be terrible. Right, so you had you were pleased. Uh, kind of like the more I think about it, the less I like it. Like okay. if you think about that movie for more than five minutes, it makes absolutely no sense. Oh right, right. No, I I didn't <laughs> need it to make sense. I just needed it to like be cool, <laughs> which I thought. I thought it achieved that, for yeah. sure. Well, for a Michael Bay-produced horror movie, it was all right. Right. <laughs> yeah, all, all of his movies are terrible. Like, I agree. Like, I think, I think Michael Bay's, like, he should just be a visual effects man and nothing else. But he, do, he, do, he is good at directing action. But, yeah, the, his, his Platinum Dunes company that makes all of these awful, awful horror movies, yeah, they just... Are they all yeah. terrible? Uh, he did the Texas Chainsaw remakes, the Friday the 13th remakes, oh. the uh, Ninja Turtle movies. Oh, yes. I heard yeah, terrible things about that. They're bad. But um, we saw another movie just last night. Um, we saw the new film from uh, Gus Van Sant. Um, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Great title. Yeah. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. I think that's actually the name of his memoir, which the film's based on too. No, it was really good. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix is just... He's such a chameleon. He's he just is. really, really good. He's as a treasure. He, he really is. <laughs> as much as uh, he kind of does a lot of mumble acting, he's a bit mm. of a mumbler. Oh, yeah. He's mumbling all over Mary Magdalene. Oh, I have not seen it's, Mary Magdalene. It's bad. I mean, I like Garth Davis, you know, because Swinburne alumnus represent. Um, but, yeah, it was terrible. Shame. Shame, shame, shame. Ooh. And that had Bruni Mara, and there was a scene where both of them were blank staring and whispering at each other, and I thought it was going to be the same thing all over again. <laughs> In this movie? Yeah, in Don't Worry, yeah. Mm. Luckily, it wasn't. But it wasn't. I, I really enjoyed this one, um, and I thought it was told in a really interesting way because, you know, it's I, I suppose it's a biopic. I mean, yeah. they're not really marketing like that, but it is based on this real guy's life. And um, I just thought it was done, yeah, really, really interesting. Like with these, the editing style, it's we're jumping around in time. Um, we don't always know where we are and maybe that's kind of makes more sense um, because he's an alcoholic and he doesn't always know where yeah. he is in time. I, I didn't I think about it cool. that way. Which I, yeah, I really yeah. quite like because that. Because I thought it was going to be very kind of straightforward and then just, yeah. But mm, yeah, me I, too. I was really interested like with that yes. because it keeps cutting to like uh, his speech at like some ex like 
towards like a big crowd of people and then like he's saying the same thing to his AA group yeah. and then he's saying the same things to a bunch of kids he met on the street as well. Yeah, exactly. So I really like that kind of style. Yeah, and you know, he's he's in the wheelchair, then he's not in the wheelchair, he's got a mustache, you know, his hair's a little bit different. You kind of, it, as the scenes are moving around, you, you don't really know where in time you are. But yeah, I, I like that. Um, shame about Rooney Mara though. I was looking forward yeah, to seeing her in this, but she wasn't really in it. Yeah, I don't know what she was doing in this movie. No, d- yeah, her character was really, really underwritten. It, t- it took me a while to figure out like where is she actually from, and then they said Sweden. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, okay. And then I'm like, can she? Oh wait, no, she was Elizabeth Salamander. That's right. She's done Swedish ac- accents before. Yeah, that's right. I love that movie. I have never actually seen oh, it. Oh, really? It's no. good. There yes. are so, here's the thing. Uh, there are so many films that I have not seen. Like, I'm a film student. I have a film podcast. I write for a film blog, which I actually haven't announced on this podcast yet, but I'll do it at the end. Um, yeah, and I have not seen any of those films. I haven't seen The Godfather. I haven't seen... There is a plethora of films that I have not seen. There's a lot of movies to see, but uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is really good. American remake? The Fincher yeah. one? Yeah, the Fincher one. Yeah, I yeah. saw the... Um, the trailer for the reboot where Claire Foy is playing uh, Elizabeth oh, Sal. Did that just come out? I think the trailer came out a couple of days ago. Uh-huh. But um, well, that's an interesting point of discussion. Uh, do you like watching trailers? Because mm. I try to just avoid mm. at all costs from now on. Yeah, I don't like watching trailers. I, I, I where, where possible, I do try and avoid them, which often means that when I'm having movie discussions about things coming out, I sound like I really don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> because I, I was like, oh, is that the movie with the thing? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Because I don't look a lot, uh, you know, don't look at a lot of the marketing and, and, and promos uh, coming out for the for upcoming movies and do avoid trailers where possible. Sometimes mm. I can't help myself. But you know what? Avengers Infinity War uh, from last month, I did avoid all trailers. I even went to the, like, as a, it was almost like a test for myself. Oh, really? But I even went to the length of, I was in a screening uh, and the trailer came on the big screen oh, really? for Infinity Wars. Did you walk out or did you just have to stay in? I <laughs> I didn't want to walk out because I'd look, I'd look really crazy. But yep. I <laughs> just put my head down yeah. and turned away. <laughs> and so I had to hear the audio, but I didn't see the, the visuals. And I walked into it. I walked, So I essentially walked into Infinity Wars blind and just had the best time. I mean, it's a great movie anyway. And I do love those superhero movies. But... Uh, Going into it without having seen anything but a few um, still, you know, still images, yeah. uh, that was a great way to experience it. That, that was kind of like me when I went and saw Thor Ragnarok. I hadn't seen the trailer for The Last Jedi yet, and I went and saw Thor Ragnarok in IMAX. And then the Last Jedi trailer came on, and I was like, "Oh, I want to leave. I want to leave." But it's the trailer in IMAX. No, I'm staying. I have to say this. Yeah, yeah. yeah just quickly back, because we were talking about how um, podcasts just kind of go off on weird tangents earlier off mic. And uh, yeah, back to um, Don't Worry, Don't Worry, Don't Worry, this is a really stupidly long title. Um, Jonah Hill in this movie. Um, I don't know how to feel about it, because one, I like that skinny Jonah Hill's back. He's lost a fair bit of weight and he looks great. Yeah, and right. um, the Jesus hair that he has in this is great too. Yeah, he does. He's really channeling a lot of Jesus vibes in this character. Yeah, oh no, Chucky, his name Chucky, is Chucky. That's <laughs> right. He likes to call the big fella in the sky Chucky. Uh, uh, look, maybe I still haven't quite processed it as a as a character. I thought it was a really fun character, and the performance was really was really cool. And, and mm. Jonah Hill was really cool. But uh, but in terms of the character fitting into the the movie. 
kind of mm. it's, it's a bit hard to say when you're doing that on a biopic though as well yeah. because if i mean you don't know like if you've read the memoir i guess you'd probably know if the guy was actually really like that or if it's like a dramatization of that yeah i, I actually wouldn't even know i don't know anything about the this cartoonist in real life uh, so i couldn't really yeah don't, don't really know but um in terms of the character in jonah hill in the movie um he definitely made me laugh a few times mm. and surprisingly has a scene towards the end that like was really really good yes very moving like, good really good acting from jonah hill agree like i still can't it's like it's, I, I always see things online it's like say something that's unbelievable that no one else would believe or like say a sentence that is true but no one will believe and i think someone said two-time academy award nominee jonah hill <laughs> That's good, yeah. You know what? After seeing him in this role, I could I could see a future going that way. Mm. Well, he already has. He has two nominations already. Oh, does he? Yeah, Moneyball oh. and Walter Wall Street. He got nominated for both God, of I those. Oh, my God, I forgot Moneyball. Oh, mm. right. I totally forgot Moneyball. Yeah. yeah, I still haven't seen it. I've seen Wolf of Wall Street, though. Did you like that one? Yeah, it's nuts, but it's... It's nuts. It's great. But uh, do you want to say, so you've also seen how many other films? Just one other film you've Just seen? Just one other film so far. Uh, so yesterday, um, before seeing Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. I just like saying yeah. that title. It's long and it's stupid, good, yeah. but I like it. Um, I saw an Australian film called Jerga, uh, which was really interesting. It's one of those movies where the filmmaking process probably is more interesting than the actual film itself. But how they went about making it was the the team went over to Afghanistan and filmed this um, soldier's sort of journey revisiting Afghanistan after being involved in the war and kind of going back years later and, and seeing it from a new perspective. And how the team filmed it uh, was they kind of just did it on the fly and, and made up you know, they didn't really have that much weight on the ground and, and just kind of were doing it as they were going along. Obviously, they had a script, but there's not many characters and, and they really just, you just feels like a journey. Kind of feels like they made up the story as they went along. I know that's not what they did, mm. but that's how it kind of comes across. And uh, it looks beautiful, but um, I think it's successful in, in some ways, but not quite overall. Do you think that, because isn't the... Guy, is he playing himself, like the person, or is it like a fictionalized? It's a fictional character. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a fictional character. Just, ju just on that description, what you've said there, it sounds like it would have made for a much better documentary. Yeah, actually, it would have. It would have been a really interesting documentary. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I think it's interesting, and it's actually in official competition. So oh, really? It's one of the. It's the only Australian movie in Sydney Film Festival, part of the official competition so i think that's great and the filmmakers uh, came out afterwards and did mm. a brief q a Br brief brief they were there for a while <laughs> oh, that, okay. that, don't worry started really late like yeah, we walked right. in at like 8 38 or something and like it was that. Still they going? that yeah yeah <laughs> but um yeah re yeah really interesting um yeah not sure it was successful though okay but you liked it though uh i thought towards the end it really started picking up pace uh, but the beginning felt like, and when you hear the uh, post-production process, which was basically they came back after, you know, their, their brief time in Afghanistan, the filmmakers came back and had these hard drives and didn't really know what to do with them. So it does feel like a movie that's been put together backwards. Yeah. So the beginning's uh, okay. really slow and I feel like they were just 
they just got what they so got. So they, they had the ending and they, they, they had the idea for an ending, but then they're like, oh, we have to just kind of re- reverse engineer yeah, a movie maybe, out of this. Maybe. I couldn't say for sure, but that's what it felt like as, an, as a viewer. Because okay. they did it kind of illegally too, this movie, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you hear the stories, uh, the filmmaker, the director was – he's the director and the camera operator. So they, it's just a really small, small, small team. Um, saying things like they were out there filming um, in rural parts of, of Afghanistan and would have to duck a little bit because someone said there were Taliban that might Jeez. yeah that might be attacking at any time. So they had to, it was really really dangerous undertaking and so quite a feat in that respect. Awesome and uh, so. That's yeah, that was the only other movie you've seen so far. So far, yes. Because so it's day four now or day three. Day I don't four? know. Day. Oh no! It started Wednesday, didn't it? So yes. Thursday, Friday. So yeah, day four. Day four, right? Day four, and um, because it's the beginning of the long weekend, and there are like movies all throughout this long weekend. But um, I'll talk about a couple of the movies that I've seen so far. Um, I've only seen I've, I've only seen two others because I saw Don't Worry and Upgrade with Adele. And so the two that I've seen uh, on my own. Uh, first of all was um Disobedience, which is I think came out in the US. I think it was actually the counter programming to Infinity War. I think it came out that same weekend, so I'm guessing literally no one saw it then. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed this one because this is um, Sebastian Lelio, who the Chilean filmmaker that did uh, A Fantastic Woman last year, which I is a movie that I really wanted to get around to seeing, but I just did not and really, really wanted to. But, it, but from the looks of things, this director like has uh, what, what he's good at, like focusing on a lot of his movies is like, you know, things to do with like sexuality and gender and things like that. And uh, for those of who's um, not aware, Disobedience is about uh, uh, Rachel Weiss, Weiss or I don't know, German last names, I can't do it. <laughs> so Rachel Weiss, I think, plays uh, this woman named uh, Ronit who uh, years ago was kind of shunned by her uh, local community because she's an Orthodox Jew. Uh, they kind of, yeah, excised her from the community because she had this uh, relationship with her like childhood best friend and uh, when her father who's like the local rabbi when he dies uh, she comes back to London because she's living in New York she comes back to London to like pay her respects and like claim her inheritance but then she also meets back up with um, Esty which is her childhood friend who is played by Rachel McAdams and uh, she's now actually married to her cousin so there's a bit of yeah a bit of tension there and um, it's it's fantastic I think, yeah, the two Rachels, they are excellent in this film. Uh, I saw a review saying that they are all for inter-Rachel love. <laughs> so <laughs> That's funny. It was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, wish... Well, you know, there's still time for me to try and catch this one later in the week. I think it's playing a couple more times. I think so. And there was also a short film on before it from India that was really, really interesting. Ooh, interesting. Like it, says, it was 15 minutes long. Uh, I think it was called uh, Counterfeit Kung Fu. And uh, that was a film about, like, there's this woman who was, uh, uh, is trying, so she's getting kicked out of her place and she's just trying to find, uh, I think she's just trying to find a place to rent, but no one will take her because she's a bachelor and is like, oh, we need your husband's signature, like all this other stuff. And, like, turns mm. out she was a victim of rape and, like, you know, domestic abuse. And, oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty powerful 15-minute document, not documentary, short film. But yeah, that's, that's cool. I like that about the sydney film fest is or like any film fest when they play some shorts before the feature it's kind of cool mm. and it was also interesting because i just um i just got best available i just chose best available for when i went and saw disobedience and i got to sit up within the mezzanine area in the state theater 
and I was easily the youngest person in there by about 20 years. It was um, probably in the whole state theatre as well, but I guess that's what happens when you go to a Friday noon showing of a movie. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, this it's funny you say that. Just for my screening, uh, well, when we went and saw Last Night, Don't Worry, uh, uh, where I was happened to be sitting in the mezzanine in my area, this group of... Um, let's just say seniors, had uh, obviously been there all day and had not moved and watched just any movie at the state because they had a whole picnic going on. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And I happened, I don't know how, but I was sitting kind of in the middle of their group. They were very spread out across a few people uh, because maybe earlier in the day they were spread out and they didn't have that many many people but for don't worry it was quite busy so i was sitting right in the middle of them and they were passing tea across me like oh, really? yeah, in thermoses <laughs> i was like wow like passing it over you yeah, like over me to get so to you the had other to, like, person lean back and yes i did uh, <laughs> i was gonna say because don't worry was sold out last night i found that out this morning when i was oh, looking it was through sold out okay yeah. i saw a few empty seats but yeah there was a couple next to me mm. yeah and o- also with um disobedience uh, the elderly lady that was sitting next to me fell asleep during the movie so Goodness. I think she was missing out. I think she woke up for the um uh the sex scene between uh Rachel Vice and Rachel McAdams though, which is um I'm sure she did. Yeah. <laughs> but what happened there? Um, just it, it's not graphic at all. It's not like blue is the wa- as I was discussing with you last night. It's mm. not like blue is the warmest color, and one because it's not made by a serial pervert like blue is the warmest color was. But um, it has something that something that's just incredibly gross and made me gag a little bit. Um, spitting into p- spitting into people's mouths. I'm like, yeah, no. That's Sexy. the yeah. <laughs> it's it's the it's the dick in the peach of 2018, I think. <laughs> oh wow! So who spits into whose mouth? Uh, I think it's it's Rachel Vice that does it, and it's it's even more gross because Rachel McAdams is like that, and I can yeah, see what you're doing. Don't. Yeah, it's it's gross. <laughs> All right. Well, but the movie overall is fantastic. Like it's this good. Like it's it's a film about like the struggle between like the life you are born into and the life that you choose for yourself, and there's also like interesting exploration of you know uh, sexuality in a religious community that I know absolutely nothing about, and that's another fascinating thing about this film, just seeing like the culture within like this Jewish community as well. It was like really really interesting. Yeah, well I'm. Uh, as much as you sold the spitting into the <laughs> mouths, um, but apart from that, I, I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing this one. So I'm I'm going to see if I can try and uh, catch it later this week. I'm actually regretting that I told you that now because <laughs> now I'm going to be waiting the whole movie. I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be waiting for that scene. Uh, and the other film, uh, sorry, Mike was a bit far away there, but um, the other film I saw last night, um, I saw I went to the world premiere actually. And now that I've just remembered that, uh, we, uh, we went to the Australian premiere of Upgrade. That was the first time it's played in Australia. But I went to the world premiere of uh, this Australian documentary called Dying to Live. Now, this is a pretty heavy uh, film, like, about pretty uh, important subject matter. Um, this is about, like, organ donation in Australia. And it follows, I think, about six or seven people that are, like, have different, that, like, all need an organ donation or work around organ donation. So there's, like, a mum in Melbourne who has, like, a terminally ill child and uh, she decides to donate one of her kidneys to her infant son. Uh, there's an elderly Aboriginal man in, like, northern west, in, up in the Kimberley who, uh, who has, needs a corneal transplant So because he's, he's a painter and he needs corneal transplant so he can paint again. Uh, what else is there? There's a man that's going in for his third... Uh, <laughs> 
his third kidney transplant because um, he's been on dialysis for years. It's, uh, what else? There was another cup. There was another one. Uh, there's a woman with cystic fibrosis that's about to get a double lung transplant. And she does. And then she uh, runs a marathon as well. And uh, one a reason why I saw it as well, uh, there's a, it focuses on th one of the things, and it opens with this too. It's an organization that's based in my hometown of uh, Shepparton. Um, it's called Zadie's Rainbow Foundation. They're a foundation that raise awareness for uh, organ and tissue donation in Australia. And why they did that was because um, uh, back in 2004, uh, the people who founded it, uh, Kim and Alan Turner, Kim Turner, and this is the reason why I went and saw it, Kim Turner was actually my kindergarten teacher a while ago. And uh, their daughter, Zadie, who I knew as well. and was uh, So what happened in 2004 when she was seven years old, uh, she died of a cerebral aneurysm in her brain, so a blood vessel burst in her brain. But because her entire family were registered organ donors, uh, she Zadie in death saved the life of seven young kids. So now they raise awareness for organ and tissue donation. And this is a hard film for me to talk about because, as I said, I've got a bit of a personal connection with it. Mm -hmm. And it was a bit tough at the end because uh, Kim and Alan Turner were actually at the screening as well. And uh, oh God, I, wow. yeah, I went up, I went up to them, and uh, Kim didn't. Uh, unsurprisingly, Kim didn't really recognize me, but um, yeah, uh, kind of broke down in front of them because um, a big thing, like a big thing that they have to fundraise, they sell these uh, rainbow shoelaces. And um, when I play football, I wear the rainbow shoelaces on my boots. That's really nice. Yeah, that sounds absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's a fascinating documentary, like, and just seeing, like, all these other people's stories as well. Like, I've known Zadie's story, but, like, the beginning, um, it starts with, like, an animation of, like, how that night when she died went down. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, it was, it was a hard thing to open up your movie with. But yeah, right. Wow, that sounds amazing. I um, hadn't really come across this one myself, but it's great to hear about it. Yeah, I'm not quite sure when it's playing. I've got the guide over there. Yeah. But uh, I think it's actually playing today, but I'm not sure where. So. Yeah, right. Wow, and so did they um, – did, was there like a Q&A? Did they kind of talk a bit? Uh, unfortunately, there was an extended Q&A, but it started at the exact same time that Don't Worry did. So I had to make my way over to Don't Worry like almost immediately. Mm -hmm. um, wow, really interesting. Uh, well, yeah, that's playing again. I'll – see if I can try and catch that uh, how I've kind of structured my um my schedule for the next week is I've, I've left a lot of pockets uh free because I'm hoping that as the festival kind of moves along exactly like uh, how you've just mentioned this film here I can kind of just uh scoot across and just catch some films that I otherwise wouldn't have seen from myself just looking through the program okay and just with this just before we get into what we what we are seeing have you ever like in the years you've been in the festival have you ever just picked a movie at random knowing nothing about it or like not reading up on anything and just be like i'll go see that one um well yes i yes i actually have and, and it's worked in in, a, in good ways and it's worked in also not so good ways as well <laughs> i mean sometimes you know it, festival movies they can be a little bit hit or miss um but they're generally very interesting i think last year i caught a film an indonesian film called Popeye and it was like about this uh, older man in Indonesia kind of a road trip movie but it involves an elephant uh, he's <laughs> he kind of adopts this elephant and it was 
I, I knew nothing except that it was Indonesian and I had seen um, the picture for it, which was a picture of a man and an elephant. And I just happened to be free at that time and, and just kind of stumbled into the screening. Uh, and it was a sweet movie. I was, you know, it's, that's a movie I never would have kind of chosen to go see myself, but it was great to just kind of catch it. I mean, I don't think I loved it or liked it, oh. <laughs> but, but it was outside my comfort zone. So that was oh, good. Nice. Well, I was kind of like that uh, last year because I just chose, um, I, I went and saw this film Ellipsis last year. And it was the, the David Wenham one. Yeah, David Wenham's first film. And I, I didn't know it was David Wenham until I walked in as well. And it made my top 10 last year. I thought it was great. Oh, really? It is like, um, I didn't get to see it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah? I loved it. Um, it have, you ever, have, have you ever seen like uh, Linklater's like before films? Like, no, I have not it, seen it's the a bit before like, trilogy. Well, I've only just watched them recently because I wrote an essay about them on, for, on, on them for uni and they're all excellent. Yeah, right. That that's like meandering, like no story. It's just two people walking and talking, but it's yeah, yep. it's so compelling and it's so good. Oh yeah! And I just want to say, Ethan Hawke is amazing. He can do no wrong. Yeah, he is great. Um, I'm glad you loved Ellipsis because they filmed that here in Sydney, mm. and I think that they had quite a loose script. And the guys they didn't have any script. No script they, at it all. Was, it was mostly improvised. There were certain things like there's there's a scene where one of them like the lady gets her purse stolen mm. so that was obviously scripted i guess but like it was when i was saying in the q a afterwards that they workshopped the film for like three days or something like that so that they had figured out like what the progression of the thing was going to be and just kind of rolled with it yeah because they only did it over a few nights in in sydney right yeah i think 11 days i think was oh, the 11. entire production i think that's I think pretty th tiny i think it was yeah, i think filming was seven and the workshopping was four right so and all in all yeah and uh, and when i'm like self-funded when i'm funded the entire thing himself mm, well that was his directorial debut yeah it was very cool well i'd be really interested to see what he does next mm. and i saw i saw it on the big screen twice because i saw it at miff and then uh the nova in melbourne actually did a screening as well so i went to that uh not getting a cinema release it's actually straight to vod now mm. Hmm. How great is the Nova? It's pretty cool. It's a really cool cinema. It is. Um, but I don't know if well, you, because you were at Swinburne for a little bit, like a for short time. two seconds. For <laughs> two seconds. But um, uh, I'm not sure if it was there because I think it only just opened recently. There's actually a cinema like right on Glenferry Road now. At on Glenferry Road. Yeah, at near um, Swinburne, like not yeah. too far away from Swinburne. There's a what? cinema there. What cinema? It's the Lido, it's called now. I think it only opened a what? little bit ago, yeah. Oh my goodness, so you're blowing I, my mind. So I live there now, pr practically, and um, they do movie trivia every uh, uh, like every Monday of the, f of the first Monday of the month, and um, I've won the last two. My team Ooh, have won the last two. Yep. Oh, do you have a good trivia name? Uh, we've been tanking for Choc Tops the last two, because if you come last, you get Choc Tops. Right. So. We, we, we've ironically called ourselves Tanking for Choc Tops. Nice. And when we came back, we were Tanking for Choc Tops part deux. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, oh, well, congratulations. Uh, yeah. Movie trivia champ. So now I have a bunch of free tickets to use at the Lido, and one of them will be for Jurassic World 2 because there is no way I'm paying money to see that movie. Mm, Jurassic World 2. Mm. No. <laughs> Got nothing. You're not going to say that one. Uh, oh. Well, what did you think of Jurassic World? Th do you have a review uh, for that one? Um. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> well, th there you go. That's uh, that says something. I okay. Can't remember. I think so. 
did i oh yeah i must have i must have yeah i think um well look jurassic world the jurassic franchise i suppose i i didn't see growing up or anything so I, I i love the first one you know i like the none of them are worth watching after the first one though yeah okay i've only seen the oh maybe i've seen the first two but um i don't have like a real co- personal connection with the jurassic movies so no, i wasn't really expecting much for jurassic world what's the first one called uh it's just jurassic world jurassic world okay and uh chris pratt yeah i'm not sure i think he overdid it for me like he overmanned. like he was too manly does that yeah. make sense like he was just kind of too bravado too like i don't, I don't know here's the thing it. and i'm surprised that this hasn't happened yet like as soon as chris pratt like kind of exploded after guardians of the galaxy i was just thinking we are going to get sick of this guy like it's yeah. going to be johnny depp all over again like it's going to be fun for a while but then we're going to get sick of this yeah i mean i loved him in guardians um i really really did and i thought i think he's great in that role but yeah i don't know uh, i'm not sure i'm I'm not really sold wh- what did you sold think with him. did you see um stockholm syndrome the movie um pa- i thought passengers that's what it was called because he was in that yeah that oh. that's stockholm syndrome the movie stockholm syndrome the movie yep no who's, who's the girl in that uh jennifer lawrence passengers is that the one where they're on they're the in ship space. oh my god yeah, it oh sucks. my god it sucked <laughs> it sucked oh my god it sucked yeah i was gonna do a review for it and i could not even bring myself to do a review because i did not I hated it so much that I nothinged it. Oh, really? I nothinged it. So I could I didn't even want to do a review on it because I couldn't even be bothered wasting my energy hating on it. Mm, but then <laughs> it was weird and in that movie just quickly um like because it was just these two I was kind of getting the sick of the both of them like oh someone come someone come in and then the Lawrence Fishburne showed up I'm like no not you I don't, <laughs> I don't want you, you to, I don't want you to tarnish your reputa- rep- rep- reputation in this movie get out while you still can yeah, he gets space cancer in 10 minutes and dies anyway oh <laughs> trust me that's not a spoiler because there's nothing it's not worth could, watching yeah nothing yeah, happens we've just saved you a lot of <laughs> an hour and a half or whatever okay uh geez, we better wrap up quickly but uh so with 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 the Sydney Film Festival. Uh, you're going to be seeing movies throughout the entirety of the festival. I'm only here till Tuesday morning. Uh, so what are you seeing or what have you planned to see? What else have I got left to see? Well, like I said, I've kind of kept my schedule relatively open because I do like to kind of throw a few uh, last minute additions in there. And I also like to kind of tag along. I'm a bit of a, I'm a, bit of a tagger. As oh, really? In, yeah, as in like if someone's going to a movie, I, I'm one of those, oh, I'll, I'll give it a go, I'll come with you, which I like because, uh, uh, you know, I kind of get to see things that I otherwise wouldn't mm. really go and check out. Like, for example, Upgrade. I don't know if I was going to see that by myself and I don't know if any of my um, movie friends were going to go catch that outside of the festival. So if I didn't see it at the festival, I think I might have missed out on it. So what have I got left to see? I'm actually furiously trying to open my app because I can't <laughs> remember on the spot. Why don't you yeah. go first? All right. So even this is what I'm seeing just today. Um, so today at very soon, in about two hours time, I'm going to see the Taika Waititi produced uh, New Zealand comedy, uh, The Breaker Uppers, which I believe was the opening night film. It was the opening night film. Yeah. And actually there was a little bit of contention about this kiwi film opening the sydney film fest because usually really? they have an australian film opening the fest oh, really? so a few people were like <laughs> but apparently it's great i hope you have fun with it yeah I, I can't wait for it um it looks i've watched the trailer about like again i don't like watching trailers but i think i've watched the trailer for that so many times but because i go to the movies a lot i see the trailer on in like in front of everything 
Um, oh, I hope that's going to be good. Uh, uh, one that I've got coming up. Well, the biggest one that I'm excited because it got so much buzz coming out of uh, the Cannes Film Festival is Black Klansman. Oh, I wish. I, w- I was deciding which weekend to come for the Sydney Film Festival. And I was when I saw Black Klansman was there, I was like, yes, book tickets. It's the weekend that I'm not here. Oh, Damn it. Oh, no. Such a shame. <laughs> I am sure. I'm really sure this one will get a general release. Oh, there's been yeah, I think so in, much In buzz. August, I think it's getting a general release. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, but there's just so much buzz and I cannot wait to catch Black Klansman. That's probably the next highlight. I've got quite a few movies, but that's of, of the whole festival that I'm seeing. That's the biggest highlight um, that I've got to look forward to for the rest of the week. Um, and in addition to that, uh, tonight... Later tonight, I'm going to see the documentary, uh, the Australian documentary, I Used to Be Normal. Yep, I'm seeing that as well. Oh, yes. Well, what awesome. the, I, I was not convinced by that at all, but um, like, because I just read that, I'm like, pass. But then um, I looked on, I, I watched the trailer online, and something that a good documentary can do is something that you just don't give a rat's about or just like have no interest in, and they can make that compelling. Yeah. Just from watching the trailer, I think that would be really cool. Well, there's the uh, premise behind it is it's about fangirls who obsess over boy bands mm-hmm. and yeah that doesn't sound like something that would interest me all that much but um i i think it's going to be really interesting about how these um these women sort of just latch on to these these fandoms yeah. and get really obsessed and i found out that um maybe actually because i found the thing because it was a kickstarter thing That's wasn't right. it and i found out just from watching the trailer and um i had a look at the likes from the trailer and found out that you backed it I did. How did you see that? Uh, it was just your name came up in the likes for one of the things that they oh, posted nice. up. Nice. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yes. So the director Jessica Lesky and I are friends. Oh wow. Yeah. So she's unfortunately not coming uh, to Sydney for the premiere because she is about to burst. She's oh, about really? to have a baby, so she can't uh, travel. But uh, her producer, her producing team is here. Um, Rita Walsh. So I'm going to be talking with her, doing a, a little interview. Oh, nice. Um, but yes, I am a backer of this through Kickstarter and have been following this film for years. So back in 2014, four years ago now, uh, the girls were in LA doing some interviews and I was kind of a little bit, uh, I was hanging out with Jessica at, at that time and I remember her talking about her documentary that she was working on and flash forward four years later, that's, I can't believe it's finally here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very excited to see this and I am a huge personal supporter of the project. Okay, so you said you weren't really a fangirl of any of these kinds of bands. <laughs> uh, the bands are, you know what, I'm I'm a supporter oh, of the project, but yes, yeah. I I can't really relate to the to the subject material, but um, I cannot wait to see, cannot wait to see well, it. So it's going to be weird for me because I'm just going to passive like it's it's going to be this weird kind of passive aggression watching this because I grew I I was around the time when one I was 14 when One Direction were coming out and that's all the girls in my class it was bloody talked about too so i lived through that so okay (laughs) yes i (laughs) have never been into the boy bands i mean i was a spice girls fan growing up for sure i was huge into the spice girls uh but uh yeah yeah i think it's going to be more interesting seeing not just the types of girls that latch onto these boy bands but why like the psychology like the reasoning behind being so obsessed over these boy bands over these celebrities that they don't know personally but yeah. they have posters on their walls and they just feel like they have a personal connection through the music through mm. them even though they don't know them yeah i mean oh the, pa- the just in the trailer like the little clips that they showed the passion that they have is just yeah it's unreal it's unreal and uh 
I think that that's yeah going to be really interesting kind of digging into that psychology like mm. why what kind of person gets so obsessed of bo- in boy bands yeah I'm also curious to see because I think in in that clip as well they have these two guys like that are just like really these two jaded guys just saying you know that it's all like manufactured product by some fat good go- fat dude in a suit that's like doing this to capitalize on you. <laughs> so true, but you know, some people just they like the fantasy. They don't want to yeah. be. They don't want to be in the real world because the real world hurts. So they love the the fantasy of it all. And yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm glad uh, you're catching it too. So we'll have to chat about that after. Oh, absolutely. And uh, after that, I probably won't have a whole lot of time because I'm seeing uh, the aforementioned uh, terrifying, possibly terrifying film, Piercing. Um, I'll be like, I usually like to sit towards the front of cinemas. Uh, I'll be sitting way towards the back for this one because this looks really graphic, really messed up. The only still image I've seen of that. One of the only still images I've seen from this film is, uh, someone holding a lit cigarette millimeters away from someone's eye. And I don't know. Because this was on your short list of like what to see. <laughs> okay, okay. This one started. <laughs> this one started um, promoting early on. So this was one of the earliest uh, movies that we yeah. heard was was uh, picked up by the Sydney Film Fest. So yes, it was on my original initial short list of movies I was interested in seeing. And now I feel bad because that you you saw that I was going to see it, and now I think I've pulled the plug. I think <laughs> I'm too scared to see it. So I've encouraged you to see it, and you're going to have to sit through the pain and horror of it, and I'm going to bail. <laughs> I'm too scared. Right. I, might, I might bring a vomit bag, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you seen the trailer for this? There is. I don't think there is one yet. Okay. Like, right. th- it's only just the stills. But I've heard um, uh, someone who I met through the Stardust app, because I found the Stardust app through you, actually. Um, a guy over in uh, Colorado, uh, hello, Sp- Spencer, if you're listening. Uh, he got to see it at a Sundance. And he said, like, when I told him that I was, like, it was on my short list, he was like, dude, as soon as you see that, tell me, because I need to talk to someone about that film. Oh, does he need therapy? I think, I think, he, I think he saw it alone. <laughs> I'm, I think he saw it alone. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just too chicken. You see it first and let me know if I'll be able to stomach it. Okay. And then I'll think about it. I think it. Glenn will let you know too, I think. Oh, yeah. He's catching it too, is yep. he? And then, so also on Sunday, I'm not going to quite go through all of them. I'll just quickly, actually I will, I'll just quickly blow through the other ones. Uh, Sunday morning, I'm seeing uh, the Grand Jury Prize winning uh, film at Sundance, uh, Miseducation of Cameron Post, which is uh, Chloe Grace Moritz as a teenage girl that gets sent to a gay conversion camp. Uh, Yeah, this looks really, really cool. It's the first of actually two movies about a gay conversion camp that's coming out this year. Um, Joel Edgerton's next film, uh, Boy Erased, is about the same thing. Like a similar thing too. Oh, I didn't but I th- know that. Yeah, I think that's yeah, it's coming out like in September. I want to say, and I think it's like based on the memoirs of like some a real person. So, should be really interesting for that one. Um, o- I'm also seeing uh, on Sunday, and I think Glenn is seeing this today. Um, it's the movie that was the castaway from Development Hell that has been fin- that Terry Gilliam has tried to get made for about three, nearly three decades now. Uh, the man that killed the man who killed Don Quixote which was the closing night festival at Cannes. And I was originally going to be seeing the Olivia Wilde film A Vigilante today, but as soon as I saw that Don Quixote was going to be playing, I, I switched almost immediately because um, it looks nuts. I, I haven't seen a trailer. I haven't seen anything about this. I've just heard the buzz coming out of Cannes. Oh, I haven't even heard. Yeah, Cannes. Cannes. Yeah. I've yeah. heard it actually getting quite mixed reviews though. That's the thing. Ooh. But, you know, I don't care. But Adam Driver's in it. Adam Driver's cool. in it. He's and cool. you got Jonathan, Jonathan Price is playing Don Quixote as well. I think 
uh, someone else is in it, but I can't remember who it was, but it, it should be really cool. And then after that, that night, my most anticipated film of the festival, I'm seeing uh, the Israeli film Foxtrot, which I've just heard is incredible. And I cannot wait to see this. Yeah, yeah. I've heard amazing things about it as well. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I can't remember. It's been around for a while. A while. It? I think it was Venice, I think it was. Ah, okay, yeah. No, it I've heard this is fantastic. It was Israel's entry for Best Foreign Language Film last year, but it didn't get nominated. That's right. That's also where I've heard it. Um, well, all I've seen for the press of this is a soldier holding a gun. Dancing? Dancing. To some like Cuban music? And I'm like, oh, it's great. that looks freaking cool. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I've got a feeling the whole movie's not going to be like that too, because <laughs> yeah. if you, yeah, it looks kind of depressing, but like kind of like this semi-satirical thing about Israeli military culture, but also like a brutally tragic story about loss and grief. Very interesting. But have not heard a bad thing about it yet. And then I'm only seeing two films on my final day here on in the festival. I'm seeing a, I guess it's a silent documentary. It's a nature documentary called The Ancient Woods. I think it's like Bulgarian or Lithuanian or something. Some Eastern European country com- country is making it. And I saw the trailer online and it just looks beautiful. Yeah, all nature, right? So this um, scientist, biologist? I think so. Scientist, he sp- sort of spent like a couple decades just being out there in nature and trying to capture uh, this the incredible footage that he's managed to get together so that's all i've that's all i know about it but it yeah. looks incredible and i'm going to the extra session that they added because the first two sold out is it I'm sold pretty, out i think the first two sessions sold out and i think this one's selling fast apparently yeah that'd be worth seeing on the big screen mm, and that's dendy opera keys i've got no idea where that is oh it's down by a circular key you can see oh, the, okay. you can see the harbor bridge and be a oh, tourist awesome. you should get a photo in front of that oh, i probably will <laughs> oh i did a lot li- i did a live facebook video in front of the opera house oh, talking about what i'm doing at the film festival oh earlier. nice tourist so check <laughs> exactly and the final film i'm seeing is a movie that i have resisted pirating and is a film that i've wanted to see for almost a year now and it's going to be very weird watching it after seeing joaquin phoenix in a very different role from this because my final film that i'm seeing finally i will be seeing you were never really here I mean, this movie just looks awesome. Mm, mm, yeah, I've heard really, really good things about this one. Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, like we said before, he is the ultimate chameleon. And to have two films playing in the festival where they're so different, they're just different genres, mm. they're different, just they couldn't yeah. be more different characters. One where he's drawing cartoons in a wheelchair, the other where he's beating people to death with hammers. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this one sounds really great. Should be, and there only the others that you're that you're going to be seeing, or that you're planning on seeing, or that it pique your interest. Uh, like I said, Black Klansman's the highlight, and I've got the documentary, the Australian documentary, to tonight, oh. and then the rest. Um, yeah, I've I've kind of got a schedule together, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to go with the flow on this one and just kind of float from cinema screening to cinema screening and see what I come up with. Awesome. All right, we might as well just wrap it up there. This has been fantastic coming for you to come up here and do yeah, this. Yeah, thank you for having me. This it's has actually, been fun. It, the room actually feels a bit more spacious now for some oh, reason. It doesn't oh. quite feel as small. It doesn't feel as small. It's because we've extended our movie minds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's been Great really movie fun. minds think alike. That is right. Although we often disagree in movies, as I'm yep. finding out. <laughs> but that's kind of fun too. Yep. I, I think that's good. I think that's one of the most fun things is uh, when you 
get along with someone and then you can both go and see the same movie and walk out of it and think completely different things about different moments but then have like really interesting discussions okay. about it yep it's cool. and just quick before we say that um i saw your letter your rating for justice league three and a half stars really really you gave it three and a half stars did i now yeah wow that's, that's generous that's two and a half too many <laughs> Did I really? I think you did. You don't It was say. at least three. I think. Oh, man. Star ratings. Don't get me started. I, yeah, um, you've done a video about that, haven't I you? Don't, I don't like to give star ratings because exactly like you said, yeah. see, <laughs> movies change over time. I think it, when I first saw it, I was really giving it too much credit. And now with time, I just dislike it more and more. That is the only film that I've considered walking out of. Really? Yep. The only reason why I didn't, reclining seats in the cinema I saw it in. <laughs> Too comfortable. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Well, maybe I would go back and amend that star rating. Okay. Um, so just w while we're on that, um, Adele's been a great guest today. Uh, where can people find you on the internets and the YouTubes and everywhere else? <laughs> on the YouTubes, yes. If um, you want to go check out the Roll Credits YouTube channel, you can go find me on YouTube. Just search um, youtube.com slash roll credits. Um, or you can also go check out my newly built website that I've put a lot of love into kind of redoing and jazzing up. And that is rollcredits.net. Awesome. And uh, quickly plug something else. We mentioned Chris Stuckman helped you out really early on. And uh, he recently released a book, um, Anime Impact, talking about uh, a bunch of guest writers to talk about their experiences with certain anime films. And you got to contribute a couple of chapters to that book, didn't I you? I did. That was just so exciting. That's my first time being published as a film critic quote unquote um and that was yeah that was really amazing i um contributed a couple of chapters like you said it's a like a collection of essays from anime fans uh around the world and um yeah that was a really fun book to contribute to the chapters i talked about uh, were the films were my neighbor totoro um which is a Miyazaki classic. Uh, and then a more recent film called The Boy and the Beast. So, yeah, that is in the book Anime Impact, which uh, is available on Amazon. Awesome. Did you get to choose which ones you did or did you kind of have to fight over which movies you wanted to talk about? <laughs> we had to fight a little bit uh, because, uh, yes, there were a lot of film critics trying to grab the more popular movies. So it was a little bit of a... A little well, bit of a fight. You, got it, you kind of scored with uh, My Neighbor Totoro then, didn't I you? I totally scored. I loved, loved, loved talking about that so much. Uh, I actually have an excerpt from the chapter. You can go and see that um, on my website uh, on rollcredits.net uh, if you want to see a preview. Awesome. So uh, thanks very much once again for Adele coming on. This podcast has been a long time in the making and I was just trying, like I've been thinking about this a lot, just trying not to screw this up. <laughs> you didn't screw I it didn't up. I didn't screw it up. Thank you. You did a great job. Good to get the confirmation. Thank didn't you. didn't screw it up. This was really, really fun. Thank you for having me. Um, great to be here. And let's go and see some more movies. Yeah, let's go. But before we do that, um, also, please subscribe on uh, SoundCloud and on iTunes, wherever you're listening to this. That'd be really great. Uh, Adele's actually listened to a couple of previous episodes too. Sure have. Uh, and you're also going to tell everybody about your writings on Movie Babble. Yes. So, uh, yeah, as I said, I haven't announced this yet, so we'll do it now. Um, I recently have started writing for a American-based uh, film blog run by uh, a guy I also met through the Stardust app as well, uh, Nick Cush, who runs a film blog called moviebabblereviews.com. 
and I have recently started writing for them. I have contributed three articles so far. I have done a review for the Australian film Cargo, which went, got a theatrical release in, release in Australia, but uh, was internationally released on Netflix. I've also, I've also written a piece about what I'm seeing at the Sydney Film Festival on that. And I don't think it's been published yet, but my next thing is a review for the Australian film Breath, which is the film, uh, the directorial debut of uh, the mentalist Simon Baker, based on the novel from Tim Winton. So that should probably be up online, hopefully on Sunday. I think I'm not exactly sure how the pub, um, how it actually works, and like how he decides. It's under review at the moment, so Nick will edit it, and uh, yeah, it should be good. And also, uh, if you want to see my more shorter form uh, reviews uh, and like ratings of my films, uh, head over to my Letterboxd, which is just Sean Coates. I think letterbox.com forward slash Sean Coates, no spaces. Um, also on Stardust as well, uh, which Adele is also on. Um, so you can follow me and I'm going to be chronicling all of the, doing reactions for all of the films that I see at the film festival out on there. And so you can follow me over there at Sean Coates. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Hub underscore. You can also follow Another Buddy Movie Podcast there too on Instagram at a- at another buddy movie pod and at Twitter at AB Movie Podcast. All the socials. All the socials. You're everywhere. I'm everywhere. The Twitter and Facebook are actually quite inactive. So if more people go and follow that, then I'll try and do more stuff there. I love Twitter. I'm big on big on Twitter. Not so much on Facebook too. No, I just just have a yeah. Just have and also Facebook page is nearly at a hundred likes, so please go follow that. Nice, good, good job. That's cool. Awesome. Can I be in some of your Stardust reviews? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. No worries. Thanks, Joel (laughs) Drover, for coming on. Hopefully, future guest as well. Love to have you back. Oh, next time time. I'm in Melbourne for sure. Absolutely for sure. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for having me. No worries, and thank you everyone for listening. We'll catch you later.